want to talk to you about the church, the church. It's not, it's not just a church, like, like a church building. A lot of people actually think when you say church, that's all they think of. It's just like, oh, that, that building down the road. But the church is something way, way bigger than that. But what is it? And uh, this is rather important. Mm -hmm. So it is. So what I want to propose to you is that the church is the continuation of the presence of Jesus in the world. If Jesus was just on a once-off mission, he's going to come, do some stuff, wreck some holy havoc, head back up to heaven, say, right, guys, you're on your own, yeah, whatever. You, you see what I did, just did? Yeah, just whatever you think about that, you just make up some interpretation of that, and hopefully I might see you in heaven. Good luck. But he, he promised very clearly at the end of Matthew's gospel, I'm with you always until the end of time. So even though he has ascended into heaven, he's saying he's with us in very, very real ways. He was with us when he was on the earth. And now he says he's still with us in presumably very similar ways. He says about the, uh, the sending of the Holy Spirit in John's gospel, he says, it's better for you that I go, because if I go, I will send the spirit of truth to you. So what we have now, in it would seem, uh, since Pentecost, is actually better for us than if Jesus himself was here in the flesh. Better for our salvation, yes. Better for the world, yes. Better for each individual Christian and every person on earth, yes. Okay, so what is this better than? How do I access it? If you know the story from the Old Testament of Moses. So Moses was uh, minding his sheep. He was minding his own sheep on Dowell Mountain. He sees this bush burning and it's the angel of the Lord who is causing this burny thing going on phenomenon. And through this angel and through this bush, God speaks to him and tells him to go and free his people. But just that image of the burning bush, sometimes it's used actually to apply to Our Lady, but I want to use it for the church. The church is like this mysterious mix. I want to say a marriage. It's this marriage of heaven and earth. It's like the bush and the bush representing earth, humanity, etc., which is like normal and it, it has a beginning, it has an end, it can uh, die, it can thrive, it can have fruit, all sorts of those normal natural things. And then you had this fire and it wasn't a normal fire because Moses came up to it and he, he saw that it was burning, but without being burned. So there was a fire and all of the fireness of that, he could still see the bush inside and say, wow, it's it's not being consumed. It's on fire, but it's not being consumed. So you have this heavenly represent, representation of a heavenly reality in the fire, the flame, but it's not doing damage. In fact, it's, it's making this thing seem like, wow, it's, it's spectacularizing the bush. It's like, well, there has never been a bush like this. And so too, the church is this mix of human, of earthly reality, and divine reality, heavenly reality. It's both. It's not just a human thing. It's not just a building. It's not just an institution. It's not just a group, group of guys making up some random rules. It really is Christ's presence. It's Christ's body. So another word that's used in the New Testament. It is uh, Christ's bride, again, from, from the letter to the Ephesians, that God came to, to wed himself to us. And that wedding, that marriage, is now present on the earth and it is in Christ's holy church. And it, Jesus himself is therefore present in the church, through the church, like that flame in the bush. Yes, it's made up of sinful individuals who sin, but that it's really also the carrier of Christ's real presence. And that this presence is is particularly in a very special way present in the Catholic Church. As the Second Vatican Council said in the 1960s, the Church of Christ subsists in the Catholic Church. So why is that important? 
because some folks have this idea of kind of two churches. There's the, the good, holy, kind of spiritual reality, the heavenly reality of the perfect church, you know, which is made up, it's mysterious, it's unseen, you know, there, you can't like point to it on the earth, but it's like in the hearts of all true believers. And sometimes there's like this vagueness about, well, what's a true believer? How do you know if someone's a believer or not? Well, if they persevere until heaven, because, you know, if someone then falls away from faith and they never really were a believer, so we kind of don't know, like maybe the person beside you in church on Sunday is, is part of the true church, but maybe they're not. So the, anyway, this is the idea of there being like a spiritual church and then there's like the earthly reality of human institutions that sort of human church and that they're separate so that there's something of an intersection between like the, the true spiritual church and the Catholic church, you know, so because some some Catholics are real Christians, that's sort of an idea, but, but like not the institution. And then the Baptists, you know, there's some, some of those Baptists are real Christians and the Pentecostals and the, and the Orthodox. And the, okay, so the Catholic church does not go with that idea. It does not go along with that idea. It says that these two realities, the heavenly reality and the earth reality, are interlocked, inseparable. Not just sometimes because that individuals, not just, yeah, it's not just like individuals who are this, this body, this presence, this, this carrying of Jesus, this true church of Jesus, that it's actually the institution. I know. Now, it's not the accidental aspects of the institution. It's the institution that Christ instituted. It's because Jesus set it up, okay? And he being divine, and he continues to set it up, just as he is eternally begotten from the Father. So the church is eternally coming from the side of Christ on the cross, and uh, that she is being continuously sustained because it's not just the bush, and it's not just the flame. It's this meeting of both. So without Jesus, if Jesus says, adios, <laughs> you are too much of a mess, and was to uh, remove him, himself, his presence, the tools of salvation, then yeah, it would cease to be the church. But he has promised he will never do that. So that uh, Jesus has done this, the church that traces itself, all, well, many churches trace themselves back to, uh, to the founding of Jesus, this apostolic rooting, but most especially the Catholic church, because yeah, as I love to, to quip, uh, the original and best, going strong since 33 AD or thereabouts. I need to experience God's love through other people, and I need to experience God's love through the means of salvation that he has entrusted to men and women. He entrusted his teaching and his scriptures, which weren't even written when he died. He entrusted them to, to people. And then the discernment of what, which of those books and writings are actually inspired and are, are part of the Bible. He entrusted that job to his church, who unerringly discerned what was true. Jesus didn't reappear and say, lads, let me tell you. No, he did it all through his church. And the inspiration, the writing of the scriptures was done through his church. All of the sacraments and our whole understanding of what Christ gave it gave to us, all of that is entrusted to the church. And, and this is the essential thing that authority, we, we, we cannot run away from the issue of authority. We cannot have Jesus in our lives without authority because how did the scriptures come to us? Well, there has to be an authority in the church to say that's part of the Bible and that's not part of the Bible. And that that authority is not just some random thing. It was actually made clear by Jesus. He gave authority to the 12. He gave special authority to Peter to bind and to lose. Those who reject you reject me. 
he, that's a oneness that Jesus, Jesus reveals about him and his church. So it's not enough for him just to say, right lads, you lead this generation. The next generation, we're just going to see what happens randomly. No, we, we, we see an ongoing, an apostolic succession. We see this in the writings of Paul, especially in First and Second Timothy, where he passes on his authority and commissions Timothy and also does it with Titus and his other disciples. You know, he sets them up as overseers, as bishops of churches, and then he gives them real authority. And then he tells them to set up priests and presbyters and overseers. So it's like this ongoing and the authority that Paul exercises. You see him talking about that with Timothy, that Timothy will exercise it. And then after the biblical writings, you see uh, most clearly in Ignatius of Antioch, who is so Catholic. You just write his, read his letters. They are uh, profound. His love of Jesus is so beautiful. He is a fiery one goes to his death, amazingly, the what he, he speaks of about it. But even more amazing is how he speaks about bishops and priests and the people's union with them in the sacraments and the, the liturgical celebration and the need for us to be united to our bishop and to his thinking as if to Christ and to our priests as if to Christ. It was very clear. So he died in the 100s, but he was alive in, in the first century. He was discipled by a disciple of, of St. John, if I, if I get that right, St. Polycarp. You know, we're talking really, really, really close to the apostles. And he, everything he describes is exactly what we have today in the Catholic Church. It's not what we have in some other ecclesial movements. Like, it's nothing like, what he describes is nothing like what you might see in some other churches. Maybe it still happened, but it's not what he described. And this is really important. The real authority, the authority of Jesus is present in the church today. Yes, with broken, sinful people. And that's the crazy thing. Jesus trusts us. He even trusts us when we make mistakes. And he works through us even when we make mistakes. And the, the church is, it's a beautiful thing. So yes, okay, so it subsists in the Catholic church, but it goes, it goes beyond that. There is these degrees of union between the church that Jesus established in the fullness of all of the, the means of salvation that were entrusted to her and to her leadership and the ongoing uh, leadership of the church and that structure. But it also then overflows. So you see many, many churches who have a tremendous reverence for the word and love of the word and of worshiping Jesus and of living holy, holy lives and a tremendous life of prayer and, and commitment to him. And then, you know, it's, and lots of churches recognize the reality of the sacrament and baptism and the Eucharist in different realities, so to different differing degrees. So there's these degrees of connection and in a certain sense, all therefore who are real believers in Jesus are in fact connected to this actual institution, this actual incarnation of Jesus in his visible church. But that Jesus desires that we all be one in a real visible way, uh, not just in the spiritual truth, but we all really be one. And that th there's many means of those, many degrees of that oneness, especially in faith in Jesus and in baptism, belief in the scriptures that they are inerrant and are the word of God. And then from their growing deeper in friendship, in love, in union with each other until as Jesus desired and expressed that we all might be one. This is this is definitely my desire. This is the desire of Christ, of the Holy Spirit, God's longing for his people to be one, that his body will be one body on the earth, and that therefore all men will know, as he said, it's the union of Christians, therefore all will know, Father, that you sent me, and that people would recognize that Jesus is the Son of God, is the presence of God, is the, the saving power of God on the earth, and that that power is present through his church. God bless you. <laughs> I hope you survived that onslaught of info and, uh, and thoughts on my part. And I hope that's really helpful for you. God bless you.